0: Drivers, start your engine. This is the Damn Racing Podcast. What's up, everybody? How is everybody doing today? This is your host, Michael Brooks, coming into you on the Damn Racing Podcast. All right, so this is a special episode. This is the pre-race podcast that I like to do where I talk about uh, basically all the news and stuff going on. So anyway, let's just jump right into all the news going around in the NASCAR circuit. So recently, uh, Kevin Harvick just won Las Vegas. And if you went to damnracing.com, you would have seen the article, a couple of articles, where I'm talking all about how Kevin Harvick is just dominating and monstrous in the Monster Energy Cup Series this year. Well, just released, uh, just released by NASCAR, was that the number four received an L1 level penalty for two violations found when they was doing the teardown of the uh, car anyway one of them says it violates sanction 2481 dealing with the window support and then 20.418 with rocker panel extensions specifically a brace that supports the rear window failed and did not meet specifications for keeping the rear window glass rigid in all directions at all times Additionally, the rocker panel extension was not aluminum. So anyway, with this, and that was straight from the NASCAR website. So anyway, with this comes a pretty hefty fine uh, for the crew chief, Rodney Childers. Uh, I think they said they are giving him a $50,000 fine and he will be suspended for the next two Monster Energy Cup Series races. Also, uh, the driver, Kevin Harvick, he's going to be docked 20 points. And then the owner will be docked 20 points for that infraction. And basically, Kevin Harvick basically loses everything that comes with that victory. He will not get the playoff points or anything like that. So, uh, you know, that's a pretty hefty fine. Uh, I don't really uh, know for sure exactly what... You know, these rules, when they find something wrong with the car, I don't know how much of an unfair advantage it really gave Kevin Harvick during that race. I don't know if that would have changed the outcome, if maybe he would have not had those infractions. Uh, But in my opinion, you know, you would think that would have been pre-race inspections, that something would have been noticed about that stuff. Uh, But of course, I'm not really familiar with all the, you know, inspections and stuff like that, you know, because NASCAR does quite a bit, and um, so I don't really know how they do that. But in my opinion, I don't know if it would. Have, I don't know if that affected the race or whatever. But uh, one thing I I find odd when they do that is, you know, say they'll. Uh, I think it was last year at Richmond, Joey Longano uh, had won the race, and then they took the race from him and, and marked it as encumberant. I think I said that word right. And uh, basically took the win away from him. Now, in my opinion, when that happens, I mean, shouldn't the person who come in second get the win? I mean, because I'm I'm just kind of looking at it like this. If you come in first, but then they found out that your car was breaking a bunch of rules, I believe the next car in line should be declared the winner and actually get the points. But, and then so forth and so forth. But, you know, that's up to NASCAR and how they do that stuff like that. But, in my opinion, like I said, I don't know if that affected it. So, going into the race uh, week, uh, we're getting ready to head into Phoenix. And uh, will this affect Kevin Harvick? I don't know. I mean, Rodney Childers is a pretty good crew chief uh, for the number four. So, it's kind of hard for me to really determine if this is going to majorly affect Kevin because I mean Phoenix is like sort of like his track I mean he's coming in here with eight total wins at this track he is the most wins ever I believe at Phoenix uh, will it affect him I'm, I'm sure it's going to play a part because of Childers being such a you know smart crew chief but uh I don't know if it's really going to affect them too bad. I mean, I mean, eight years of or eight race wins of driving at uh, Phoenix. I would have to assume that you know Kevin knows what he's doing. You know, the number four is not going to be hurting too bad. I don't believe. So anyway, in other news this week, uh, all the talk is about uh, the Hall of Fame coming up and who all's inducted and stuff like that. And of course, you know, you got a bunch of big. Uh, names in the, you know, up for the running of the Hall of Fame for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And one of the people, first time balloter, is Jeff Gordon. Now, I don't know, I don't know what you're, you know, I don't know how you feel on the scenario, but do you think Jeff Gordon is a first time ballot Hall of Famer? I mean, because when we got to look at it, we got to look at the past and we got to pretty much say, You know, Jeff Gordon was one of those drivers, very probably one or two drivers that ever made such a significant impact in the sport of racing. Jeff Gordon, I remember as a child, was basically who put it on the map for other people in the world. If you didn't know about racing, you would have heard of Jeff Gordon because Jeff Gordon was that dominant of a name. There was something about him, you know, one, he was, I guess, in a sense, uh, somewhat considered, I know back when I was younger, he was considered like the pretty boy or whatever in racing and stuff like that. And most of the people that was big race fans, they would be like, "Ah, I don't like Jeff Gordon. But then you had those diehard Jeff Gordon fans, sort of the same scenario of like Del Earnhardt Jr. How junior had these massive droves of loyal fans. And then they had the other people that just totally despised Earnhardt Jr. Uh, but, I mean, is he a first-time ballot? I mean, well, I mean, the way I look at it is kind of hard to understand it because I'm looking at it from a different point of, point of view. Okay, when I look at it, I see someone like, you know, Davy Allison that's on the list or, um, you know, even uh, Joe Gibbs on the list. Uh, I see a bunch of these people that uh, probably have deserved it for a long time to be in the running. Alan Gwicky and people like that they've been on the list probably a lot longer or something like that uh or been out of the sport a lot longer and stuff like that i know joe Gibbs is still in the sport but uh is is jeff gordon a first-time ballot good enough to knock off those well see that's hard to say because i mean if it's just based on how long you've been waiting then no he shouldn't be a first-time ballot but if it's about what big of a massive impact did you make on the sport? I would have to say definitely Jeff Gordon has to be a first time ballot. Why? Because I mean, like I said, there's very few drivers that made such a significant impact on the league and on the, on the sport of racing in general than Jeff Gordon. I mean, you, you got people like Richard Petty, who is, you know, is the king, uh, known as the king of NASCAR. And, uh, then you got other people like, uh, you know, other people like Dale Earnhardt Sr., which are very valid people uh, that you would consider top tier. But I think right after those people, you have to say Jeff Gordon has to be at least third on the list, if not a little bit over Dale Earnhardt. And I'm not trying to piss anybody off, but Jeff was pretty significant and what he done with bringing fans and stuff into the racing. Now I'm not saying, I'm not coming off and saying Dale Earnhardt wasn't as good as driver as Jeff Gordon because we all know Dale was a really great driver and the only person that's almost up to par with his driving is Richard Petty. So I'm not saying it was that Jeff was the best racer, but what I am saying is what he done for the sport was highly significant. And I think, in my opinion, would that classify as a first-time ballot or something like that for the Hall of Fame? I'd have to say yes. I mean, you can give your opinion and tell me what you think. Uh, other than that, we got, uh, you know, the race coming up Sunday. Uh, you know, I also just recently heard about uh, Matt De DiBenedetto. Uh, and this is one of the things I want to get on here and talk about. Uh, A lot of the, a lot of times we all watch race and we sit there and go like this. Oh, this driver's the best driver. This driver's the best driver. And we all have this big argument and dispute over who really is the best driver. And Matt DiBenedetto, I got hit with this little thing and it made me really reflect on what's really going on in NASCAR and stuff like that. He had just posted on social media, I think it was about, uh, Monday or Tuesday that, uh, they didn't have a sponsor for this race coming up. And I'm going, okay, this guy is begging, so to speak, on social media to have people go out there and help find him a sponsor for his car. And that just leads me to the understanding of how much some of these teams really struggle to actually just be out on the track every single Sunday. And then you got these other drivers that basically are sewed into you know, big sponsor deals and they have it going on for them. And they don't understand, a lot of people I don't believe understands that there's such a big struggle for some of these uh, other smaller groups of uh, manufacturers. You know, when you sit there and compare, you know, like Matt DiBenedetto's team to someone like of the Joe Gibbs Racing or Hendrix or uh, Richard Childers or uh, Team Pinsky, uh, teams like that. It's just apples and oranges, and uh, you know I don't. I, for the longest time, I always said to you, "Oh, this driver's the best. This driver's the best. Whatever." And what it really made me think about is how good would some of these drivers be if they had those same, the same equipment, the same types of cars, the same teams. I mean, how good would Matt be if he was driving in, let's say, Kyle Bush's car? I mean, because you got to imagine. The team that has the most sponsorships, the team that's bringing in the most money, one, they're going to also have the best drivers, and two, they're going to have the best team, okay, and you're going to have the best parts, and, you know, and so on and so forth. So, therefore, what about some of these drivers that have not made it or have not made a big significant impact into the league? Uh, what if we change that and put them in great cars and great teams and then put these other drivers who's used to that in, in, in like, say, Matt's case, I think we would see a significant change in the way that the system was run, but you know I'm not sitting here saying you know uh, De Benedetto is better than someone like Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick even, uh, but I'm I am sitting there saying that I do believe some of these drivers that's on teams that have less finances to be able to get stuff done uh, do hurt, and I think I think uh, Matt brought up that that whole thing when he brought up in the social media asking for people anybody who who knew a ceo or cfo or whatever of a business to contact them so that they could see if they could work out a deal and get a sponsorship for sunday's race uh i think it was a while back uh, uh they was doing some kind of uh, retro paint scheme and one of the smaller teams had to choose between they, they said basically they couldn't do the retro paint scheme because they didn't have the finances. They said they had to choose between tires and a retro paint scheme. And uh, so they, had to, they said they was going with tires, and then somebody nicely came up and donated uh, to do the paint scheme for them, um, which is really awesome. But see, it, it's just the struggle that these young, smaller teams, uh, less financially stable teams have to deal with. And then the worst part is, when you're not being able to build the card or build the team up as good as you wish you could, the problem is the payoff never comes off too good because you can't ever get up to the par with the bigger teams, and therefore you're constantly in a struggle and never pushing out of that little box that you're in. So, uh, I believe um, I believe it. Uh, last I seen Matt De Benedetto. I guess I'm saying his name right, uh, has found that sponsorship for his car. Uh, I want to say awesome for Matt. Uh, Good job going out there and hustling. That's the key, going out there and hustling. And he so did that because some people who maybe would be a professional NASCAR driver, such as, you know, Matt, uh, being able to get on social media and do what he done shows how much he loves and cares about the sport. And... I want to say, uh, good job on the uh, good job on that, Matt, for getting out there and doing that. So anyway, you know, we got qualifying coming up and all that for Phoenix. Uh, you know, of course, I just done an article I think yesterday about how um, what are my picks for the race coming up, and I would have to say one of my one of my big picks, other than Kevin Harvick, I would have to say it's going to boil down to, in my opinion. Uh, Kyle Busch, of course, I am a Kyle Busch fan, so there could be a little bit biased, but I try not to be. I believe Kyle Busch is a real good chance at winning that. And then the other one I'm I'm pushing with is uh, Ryan Blaney. I believe Blaney has been showing real, real talent uh, recently, and I think maybe we could see Blaney win. So, uh, you know, but also everybody on that team Penske is. I got to say is, is looking pretty sharp. So, I mean, you got every one of them. And, and i tell you another one who looked up. I mean, you take Paul Menard, who just went to the Wood Brothers. And uh, when you look at that, you say, dang, Paul, Paul's looked pretty good since going to the Wood Brothers Racing, you know, which is an affiliate of uh, Team Penske. And I'm telling you, I believe, I, I believe Paul's going to actually do a lot better this year than previous years because he's actually got a pretty decent team in my opinion. But besides that, uh, my, uh, if you didn't read the article, my uh, unlikely but likely winner is basically my long shot. And the person who I believe is a long shot to win but it could happen is the number 20, Eric Jones. I believe Eric Jones could disrupt the field and I do believe that Sometime this year, we will see Eric Jones win his first race of the season. Also, another unlikely could possibly be maybe Chase Elliott. Uh, He has run really well uh, pretty much almost everywhere. You know, he's just not scraped in that victory. But I believe, to me, Eric Jones is the most highly uh, likely of the unlikelies to win. And then I would say Chase Elliott, a close second. Now, the sleeper, which is the person who I believe will not win the race, and some people may attack me, but I believe the number 48, Jimmy Johnson, I do not believe he's going to recover this in Phoenix. I don't believe this is the track that he's going to start performing like he's a seven time champion. Now, of course, I talked about this, how everybody goes on and on and on about, you know, when something like this happens to someone like this, you know, Jimmy Johnson being the, you know, a seven-time champ, we expect greatness out of him. And then when they get a little bit older, we go, well, is it time? Well, I, don't, I personally do not believe it's time for Jimmy Johnson to retire. Uh, I believe he's still a, a really competitive driver. I wouldn't base everything you're seeing off the last few races. I believe Johnson is going to come back and he's going to win a couple races. Um, but I do not believe it's going to be Phoenix. Uh, if you look at his past, uh, yes, he's won. I think he's won four races at the Phoenix uh, Raceway or ISM Raceway, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but those were really long ago. Those were like in 2000 and Five, I think uh, or somewhere around there so no the last few races he's I think one time he did get an 11th in the last like three or four and, and then two other times he came in like 38th and 39th place so based off the recent past I would have to sit here and say I don't see it happening he's just not been a very dominant person at Phoenix lately at least since his early years in Racing so he is my sleeper another person who I also believe has a really good chance of winning this race uh, Sunday is Denny Hamlin Denny Hamlin's probably that quiet one that you you know he does really well, you know at Phoenix and uh, I believe Denny's one of those people where it's like you sort of forget about saying his name when it comes to a lot of stuff but uh, I do believe Denny could be a good, good pick. So anyway, I don't know what the odds are when it comes to like Vegas or nothing like that. But go ahead and drop me a line or something like that. Leave me a message somewhere, maybe at damnracing.com. That's the website. Uh, but I want to thank everybody who's listening to iTunes or listening to anchor.fm. I want to thank every single one of y'all. And if y'all have your pick for Sunday, please let me know who that is. And always let me know if you disagree or you agree with me. Thank you.